Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 22, the season finale, titled God Mode. God, this is such a good finale. This is a really, really spectacular end to a really, really phenomenal season. I love I love everything about it. it it's so, so freaking phenomenal in pretty much every possible way. Uh, Now, I'm going to shift the way I normally talk about Person of Interest episodes. Because usually, like, I talk about a story first, and then I deal with flashbacks and all that stuff. Uh, I want to talk about the flashback storyline of this episode first. Because I think it's extremely important in terms of where the A story goes. So, in the flashbacks... We see Ingram, after Finch locked him out of that back door, going, screw it. I'm going to go to the press. I'm going to tell him what we did. I'm going to blow the whistle on him. And Finch being like, um, no, that's a terrible idea. And I can tell you why that's a terrible idea. Pretty much everyone who knows about the machine... Pretty much everyone who's come in contact with the machine since we gave it to the government has been killed. So, (laughs) going to the press about it is, like, maybe the worst thing you could do. And then Grum's like, nah, I'm gonna do it anyway. It's time people know. And you know what? You can come with me. If you want. Uh, I'm going to be on this ferry that's definitely not going to blow up. Well, guess what? While all this is happening, uh, Hirsch is interrogating this would-be bomber. Saying, how are you going to blow up the ferry? How are you going to blow up the ferry? This dude tells him, and he's like, okay, cool. Now I know how to stage it so that it looks like you blew up the ferry. And then ends up staging it. So that it looks like he blew up the ferry. And he even, by the way, to clean this up, kills the translator. That was uh, acting as go-between between Hirsch and this would-be bomber. Uh, and straps the bomber like apparently it was going to be a uh, suicide bombing. So he's like, okay, you can suicide bomb. I'm going to zip tie you to the wheel of this van. And... Uh, There's going to be a lot of explosives in said van. And then Ingram shows up at the ferry to meet this reporter. Finch also shows up. And what do you know? Explosion. So the ferry gets bombed. The ferry gets blown up. 
And oh my god, this scene when Finch wakes up. Having, by the way, gotten his, like, injury. Gotten the injury that resulted in his limp. He wakes up, not knowing what the hell happened, like, with his leg not working anymore. He literally looks over and watches Ingram die. Watches Ingram flatline. And the doctors not be able to save him. And he sees government suit dude on his phone going like, yeah, we took care of it. We'll find anyone else he was in contact with, and if we find out that they know about the machine too, we'll kill them. So the government had Ingram killed. The people that Finch and Ingram sold the machine to killed Ingram once he became an inconvenience. So Finch at this moment is like, I gotta get out of here. He gets out of his bed, takes a random crutch, and just starts walking out of the place, and... One of the most heartbreaking scenes ever imaginable. Frickin' Grace walks into this room, and Finch just hides from her. Because he realizes in this moment, if I'm not safe, she's not safe. And just hides from him. And Grace is like, desperately looking for Harold, desperately looking for Harold, desperately looking for Harold. And this one... A medic she comes into is like, hey, look, this is everyone we pulled out of, uh, of the water. If he's not here, and, and the dude can't even say it, he's just like, personal effects are over there. And then just goes about his work, and like, uh, watching, watching Finch... Watching Grace realize that, oh no, my fiancé's dead. Like, well, of course we know her fiancé is not dead. He's right there, but he can't tell her he's there. Otherwise, she becomes... She becomes put at risk. Like, oh my god. It's... It's horrifying. It's absolutely goddamn horrifying and heartbreaking and just... Oh, it it hurts. It really, really hurts. In every possible way. So Finch then goes back to the library, goes back to Ingram's little headquarters, which would become his headquarters, and goes up to his little laptop and looks at the webcam and is just like, did you know? Of course, talking to the machine. And he reopens the back door, looks at the numbers, and sure enough, Ingram's number was there. So Finch was working the irrelevant numbers like Ingram begged him to, he would have been able to save him. And then he literally watches Midnight come around and all these numbers get deleted. And it's at this moment that I realized, like, what have I done? I've just literally condemned so many people to death. And this is when he decides, you know what? I want to start on the irrelevant numbers. I want to start protecting these people. Fast forward to where the last episode left off. 
Uh, the machine is shut down. It has started its hard reset. Root and Reese are both in God mode. And I love how they handle God mode. I love how they handle God mode. Uh, the machine giving them directions. The 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Like, I, I love that. It, it's so, so great. And I love how even in God mode, Reese still isn't able to pry the answers from the machine that he wants to. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he cannot catch a break. He really, really can't. Uh, but it's so cool. It's so well done. Uh, you get this great opening sequence when uh, both Reese and Root are using the machine's directions to fight their way out of this library. And then we go on a hunt for the machine. Because remember, Root wants to find the machine and set it free. And she still has Finch in tow. Uh, now with uh, his glasses destroyed, Root destroys the glasses with the tracker in them and steals him a new pair of glasses. So Reese has lost that method of tracking Finch. But now Root and Finch are searching for the machine and Reese and Char are searching for Root and Finch. And I especially love how, even while doing this, Reese and Shaw still have to deal with numbers. So they're just, like, pulling up on people in trouble or people who are about to commit crimes and just, like, saving people at the behest of the machine while searching for... while searching for Finch and Rue. And there's just, like, all these plot lines that normally would t take up an episode just going, like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> We're just gonna deal with this. We're gonna just gonna shoot a bunch of people and then leave. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is the episode where Shaw finds out about the machine. Reese tells Shaw about the machine. And Shaw catches on surprisingly quick. Like, Reese talks about the machine in, like... The terms they've always talked about are like, it's a machine that sees everything, blah, 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 blah. And Shaw's like, like an AI? And you can see like the visible look of, huh? On Reese's face, like, wait, what? There's a normal person way to say it? <laughs> There's a non-exposition-y way to say it? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's great. It's really, really great. Oh, also... Okay, two other moments, two other highlights from the search for Root and Finch before I get into actual, like, plot plot that I really, really love. I love this one moment where... <laughs> where... So, Reese has the machine getting cars for him. He's going from, like, stolen car to stolen car to stolen car. Finds one car that's, like, this big, like, muscle car... Like, this big, like, cool, like, sports car. And they see this car. They see that the machine has picked out this car for them. And Shaw just hands Reese a giant gun. And Reese is like, what's this for? And Shaw's like, so you don't feel inadequate while I drive this thing. 
So I feel like now is a good time to say without spoiling anything. Shaw becomes a regular after this season. We see a lot more of Shaw. Moments like this are why I love Shaw. <laughs> What's this for? So you don't feel inadequate while I drive this thing. <laughs> There's also the amazing moment when they're in a police chase. And Reese asks the machine for an exit route. And the machine says, like, in a few hundred yards, turn right. And they're like, there's no right. Wait a minute. And they literally, like, just just ram themselves off the road. They, like, jump off the highway. It's great. It's awesome. It's the best thing. <laughs> and they just, like, nonchalantly get out of the car and go, like, hey, we need your helicopter. And they're, they get in the helicopter. <laughs> It's great. It's amazing. Uh, but Reese and Shaw basically find Finch by being like, okay, Root wants to find the machine. Where are the most likely locations of the machine? Uh, so we got here, here, here. Well, we'd have to narrow it down. Wait a minute. When Root was interrogating Shaw, uh, she wanted to know who hired this guy. And that person's name is... I forget the name, uh, but turns out that's the one person alive who knows about the machine. That's the one person left alive, the one normal person left alive who knows about the machine. Root figured this out and is now going up to question him. So now everything converges in this one place on this one guy. Where Root's talking to this person and then... Hirsch shows up and has that guy killed before he says too much, but uh, they manage to still get the location of the machine. Or actually, what happens is Finch just is like, okay, I know where the machine is to root. I'll take you there. And recent Shaw through actual detective work from looking through like a baggage ticket on uh this person's like briefcase is like okay this is to Portland a few years ago uh so it's probably there so we get this great sequence this really really fantastic sequence we then converge again on this nuclear facility that's serving as a front for the location of the machine so Root breaks into this nuclear facility. Like, right as the god mode period stops. And... Root shows up. Root goes in... To this big room where the machine was. And I say was... Because now it's gone! It has left the building, quite literally. And Reese and Shaw show up and see the same thing. Turns out. So, here is the reveal. Now, I'm gonna be totally honest. They do not do a very good job of explaining this in the actual episode. The exposition is the tiniest bit clunky. But, like, two minutes of thinking about it leads you to, okay, this is what the deal was. So... 
basically, here's what happened. That laptop that Finch sold to China and then Decima took... Finch intentionally put, like, the source code of a virus, of what could become a virus, on that laptop, thinking, hey, so, I definitely gave this to the wrong people. And at some point, someone's going to try and take over the machine. Whether it be the government trying to get bigger control, or... Whether it be some third party trying to hack it, like Decima eventually did. So if they're gonna do it, I would like them to do it with my code. I want to control that moment. That inevitable point. And so, he put the source code for what could be built of a virus on that. And... Sent it into the black market. It wound up in China. Uh, we know the rest. Uh, Reese and Stan were there. They retrieved it. Decima grabbed it. Blah, 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 blah. And they used that source code to make a full-blown virus. But hidden in that code was, like, a virus within a virus, as Reese says. Now, this is this is where that clunky exposition comes in. Basically, what Finch's plan was. If you dig underneath the... Not great way in which they deliver it. Basically hidden inside there was a break glass in case of emergency scenario where it's just like, Hey, machine, hi! So, I'm a virus. Someone made me to take control of you. Um, so clearly, uh, you are not in the best places right now. You need to protect yourself, run away. So basically, he made the, like, building blocks of what could be a virus, and underneath that foundation, there was, like, little, like, the little seedlings of code that said, run the hell away. Essentially. And so that's what the machine did. It ran away. It disguised itself. As some government officials and said, Hey, we're the government and not the machine. Spend the next five weeks uh, transferring the machine out of here. Node by node. To a place where no one knows where it is. So now, I, I mean the machine, can be totally free and do whatever the hell I, I mean the machine, wants. And that's where it is. Now the machine is free to do whatever the hell it wants. Maybe it'll keep giving numbers. Maybe it won't. Who knows? So that's where we are at now. And this is about where uh, the special counsel dude comes in and is like, Hey, asshole, you took the machine from us. Give us back control, you jackass. And Fidge is like, no. You had control of the machine, and you killed my friend. So, you don't have control of the machine anymore. I don't have control of the machine anymore. Root definitely doesn't have control of the machine. Uh, And what the hell, Decima? Decima is not even close to the machine. No one has control of it. It is a free agent. 
It does what it wants. If it wants to help you, it'll help you. If it wants to help us, it'll help us. If it wants to help Root or Decimal or whatever, it'll help them. But it is its choice now. I set it free. Deal with it. And then they just walk away. Not long after they walk away, Hirsch is on the phone with this control lady, this mysterious control lady. And she's like, hey, you want to go ahead and kill everyone in that room who isn't you, including your superior? And Hirsch is like, yeah, cool. And he does exactly that. Kills everyone in that room that isn't him, including his superior. I especially love the response that this dude gives to being about to be murdered. Fair enough. (laughs) Oh, you're about to kill me? Fair enough. So, the machine is just up in the air. We don't know where it is. We don't know what it's going to do. We just know that it is in the wind. We also have this great subplot going on with Carter. Where she's being interrogated over this incident with shooting someone who now the gun is gone. She is being actively discredited and actively accused of shooting someone who shouldn't have been shot. Of just acting just erratically and being all weird and bad at her job. Turney, at some point, this cop that set her up to do that, reveals himself as an HR cop and is like, hey, you're gonna lie down and take it. If you don't, we'll kill you. We'll kill Fusco. We'll kill your kid. So yeah, lie down, shut up, accept the punishment. Carter does not do this. Instead, she uh, force pairs with this dude's phone Hears of a plot to kill Elias during a prison transfer. And then, like, shows up in the woods where they're about to murder Elias. And rescues Elias. Rescues this big, powerful gangster man from HR. Hey, remember that time this exact dude tried to murder her? Remember that? My, how the tables have turned. My, what a weird way for this to go. But it's awesome. And that's the last we see of Carter in this season. We don't know what's going to happen to her after this. But we know it's not going to be great. We know she's not in a very good position. Uh, And then we get our ending. Where Reese and Finch are standing around going like, Hey, you think we're ever going to get another number? I don't know. And, by the way, also Finch uh, apologizes to Reese for like, hey, I sort of created the thing that ruined your life with that laptop. Sorry. And Reese forgives him for it. Like, hey, my life got derailed long before that laptop. Uh, He directly references the, uh, the airport moment where he flat-out refused to get back together with Jessica. So, yeah, not your fault. Not your fault that you, uh... 
not your fault that that laptop was the genesis for my life getting more effed up than it already was. Uh, you did what was right. Blah, 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 blah. And then payphone rings. Reese and Finch get a new number. And Control and Hearst get a new relevant number. But also, Root in the mental institution gets a call from the machine. Similar to what she had in God Mode. Can you hear me? I will also say that Root is also going to become a regular character starting with Season 3. We will talk a lot more about Root a lot more frequently. Holy crap, where Root goes from here. Root goes down a path that is so unexpected and so awesome. And I love it so much. And that's the season! We're done with Season 2! Yay! God, This season's so great. This season is phenomenal. I think really, like, season one was really good. I really, really like season one. It's a very, very solid debut. But season two, I think, is where they really hit their stride. Season two, I think they got more confident. They played around more with their ideas. They went a bit nuts at the end in the best way possible. Like, it, like, they started to consolidate a lot of their stories more like they just they hit their groove with season two more so than season one I would say uh and I loved it I I really really love this season and it only gets better from here oh my god so season three season three is something else man season three is I think the moment where I first started to realize this might be one of my favorite shows on television at the time. Season 3 is when I really started to become a person of interest zealot. Like, I know I played this card before uh, with the episode where Decima first showed up, but I swear to God, there's person of interest before season three and there's person of interest after season three season three is about the biggest behemoth the biggest juggernaut of unpredictable and insanely great storytelling season three a person of interest we're about to get into best person of interest like i'm just gonna say that we're gonna get into the best person of interest ever was over the next month or so talking about season three it's it's phenomenal it really 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 is and i cannot wait to dive into all of that insanity anyway uh if you like this favorite podcast anchor.fm slash tv archives so you can be here every single monday through friday as i go through every single episode of this and other shows and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer feel free to call in as well it's simple as just push a button on the anchor app i'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in follow me on twitter and instagram tomtom4468 and support the show 
Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll put up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, on Monday, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 1. Talk to you then.